The following podcast contains sensitive but important content that may not be suitable for younger listeners. So this girl, the message read who just got today, how she got, you know, sextorted. That's a word you need to learn. Sexually sextorted for money or nudes. Uh, she said he was so good. He was so manipulative. He made it so I feel like, I, she, he, she said, I couldn't even leave my bedroom. Like, I, he was so good. Just making me do things. And I, and she's like, I was so afraid of the response I would get from my parents and friends. Like, I was so afraid of being exposed that I did it. She said, I was a slave for three months. These people, and I don't even call them people, these idiot, whatever, scumbag dirtbags are so good at manipulating kids. They act like them. They have a whole bunch of photos. They, they, they know the lingo. They know what to say. They know how to manip- manipulate them. And the, the excuse that this isn't going to happen to my kid or we monitor them, like, that, that's done. That, that, that doesn't work anymore. Even if your kid is an amazing kid. Put your, put your kid's safety first instead of you being cool and being the cool parent. All right, everybody. Thank you for pressing play and downloading our podcast. Uh, if you're here with us, then you probably already know that we have uh, another special guest lined up. Today, uh, we have... Um, one of the more popular, one of the more popular influencers here oh, don't say that. Uh, in in Utah, <laughs> and, uh, and and we're we're lucky to have him here. He's a, he's a father, happy father, and and husband, and and an advocate for child safety, um, and and healthy parenting, and, and managing mental health, especially for our young people in in Utah. And uh, if you don't know him, uh, you're going to sur- soon learn about him and how uh, infectious his personality is. Uh, but Colin Karchner, thanks for coming on the show, Thank man. Thank you. That was too nice, but uh, I'll try and live up to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to I wanna kind of introduce people who, who maybe don't know who you are uh, because your, your background is, is interesting um, or kind of what you're doing is yeah. really interesting and, and uh, really impactful. So and, and it's really important, right? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so today um, you, you you're part of a, a few different things. But you, one of the, the big things that you do, and if you don't know, go find Colin Karchner on uh, Instagram. That's your yep. where you have uh, she's like 150,000 followers. On that's there. right. Yeah, that's right. You do most of my talking. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> that's all Instagram's good for anymore. It's yeah. Just, just screaming about stuff. Right. And, and, and we're, we're going to dive into that, too. You also have a podcast, the Colin Karchner podcast. That's right. Uh, super valuable. You have listeners all over, uh, even, even way outside of That's Utah. That's right, yeah. Outside, of, outside the country. Yeah. So uh, if, you, if you don't know who, who he is or what he's about, really quickly, if you just tune in to those two things, the podcast and Instagram, do you have any other handles that, that you run? Uh, you can follow my MySpace page. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, Colin loves heavyweights. Four four. No, that, I'm just kidding. That's funny. That's it, really. I've, uh, I I share some stuff on Facebook, but I try and get off Facebook as much as I can okay. right now because Facebook's a garbage fire of of anger. So, well, look, what would you say? So, when when someone comes up to you, Colin, and says, "Hey, Colin, what do you do for a living?" What's your What's your response back? I usually just say, uh, "I just uh, I take I help kids." You know, that's that's really the goal. Um, if it's an adult, usually uh, I'll tell them, like, uh, you know, we, I go out and speak across the country to uh, parents and communities and schools, school assemblies. And they're like, oh, you do, like, sock puppets, you know, like, talking about, like, bullies? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
So I don't know. I mean, I usually people say, "Hey, how do we? How should we introduce?" I just say, "Hey, here's Colin, and he uh, cares about kids, and he's a dad." Here you go. Um, but uh, I started a, a movement called Save the Kids hashtag Save the Kids, uh, which is we have a foundation too for that. Um, and it started a few years ago where I go out, and since then I just go out and speak. And if I can't speak on stage, I'm screaming on my Instagram account about everything I'm finding and trying mm-hmm. to wake people up uh, to technology, social media, especially yeah. screen time and what it's doing to our kids. Well, I, I want, we'll unpack that here in a sec, but um, I, I, I want to make this note because uh, a, a lot of what you talk about, and especially recently, um, is like you said, managing screen time and, yeah. and, and parents be aware of social media and kind of the dangers that are there. Um, and and you talk a lot about, I, I think even recently you were talking about, you know, I mean, sometimes there's influencers who are on social media and saying, no, this is a, this is a safe place because obviously that's their bread and butter. That's how they're bringing the bacon home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of confusion out there, uh, especially with the apps that kids use Mm -hmm. when there's adults that promote them and they're like, Oh, I use it and it doesn't bug me. It doesn't affect my mental health. You know, it's safe for kids. It's like, "Mm, uh, think about that for a second, right? Right. You're a grown adult who's been through life, who knows who you are, hopefully by now. And how certain apps affect you are definitely not how it's going to affect a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old, right. right? And so, um, yeah, there's a, there's, I get a lot of messages from people like, you know, I love hearing what you're saying because I, I hear what you're saying. And you're exposing all the truth behind all this stuff. And, it's, and it's, a lot of it's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. But it's all real. And I'm not here to just scare people. I'm here to wake people up. Um, and they say, well, I, I hear what you say. And then I go hear some of these influencers I follow and they're like, ah, this is such a fun app. It's so silly. And you're never, you know, you only see bad stuff if you want to, yeah. and it's not a big deal. And I just want to pull my hair out Yeah, because I'm like that, please. It's, it is a big deal. And if you don't believe me, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I think, I think it's interesting because, um, being, being, uh, being an influencer, which I, f- I feel like maybe technically, if you write down the definition of an influencer, social media influencer, you, you would probably fall under that, but you're unique. I hate in- that word so <laughs> bad. <laughs> Anyone who actually says they are, I, as an influencer, like I'm automatically out of the conversation, right? Call, as an influencer, we must, I'm like, peace out. I'm out of here. That's I just like, hate that word. It's like moist. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> we got to change that word. Well, I, I, but I think that's interesting because while on on paper you might fit in that box, you're unique in the sense that you don't care. Like you don't care about. Like <laughs> I don't the, care about the. I don't care about the, the the. I care about the things that are important, right? Uh, I I don't. If you follow me, you know, like I will say it exactly how it is. I don't really. Uh, I need to have more of a filter sometimes, but I, I'm not doing this at all for anything other than my purpose, which is to save kids. That's it. Right. Um, a lot of people. And when social media came out, when you hear about, you know, influencers and there's so many amazing ones out there. My Mm -hmm. wife was a big Instagrammer for a long time and she's two, I think two years clean, two years sober from (laughs) an Instagrammer. Uh, but, uh, there, it, it was, it was crazy. Like when Instagram came around, especially in Utah, I mean, it just like impacted our culture and our community so much and some, some good ways, but a lot of horrible ways. And I know that because I talked to so, I mean, up until about a year and a half ago, like 95% of my followers were like moms in Utah. And so this was like tens of thousands of women and just so many of them commenting like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for talking about. Like I used to do this thing where I had this parody account where I kind of just make fun of Utah and make right. fun of the oddities of our culture and especially about the influencers. Cool. Yeah. 
the ones who were doing it the way, which was horrible, which is very like, you know, look what I have. You need it. Screaming like, look yeah. at all my life's amazing. Like you need this or you can't be happy. And like <laughs> women were messaging me all day long and just saying like, they were destroying my mental health. Like I didn't even realize how depressed I was following all of them. Just feeling like I'll never be good enough. I'll never have enough. I'd have husbands message me saying like, gosh, I hate, I can't stand who my wife follows these mommy bloggers, these Instagrammers or whatever, these influencers. Right. Uh, again, I, when I say that, I know there's plenty of good ones, but the ones who are really showy and just like everything's a swipe up and everything's a link to a product they can't afford and whatever. Right. And these husbands were messaging me like, dude, I can't even keep up. Like my wife's never happy because she's always following these people who are like building new houses and knew this and knew that. That like husbands were feeling the stress of it. I, I've talked to husbands who literally divorced their wives over this. They're like, I just couldn't make her happy. What? Why not? Well, she was on her phone all day on social media all day, following these influencers. Not just in Utah, but all over the place. Yeah. But we have a high concentration of them right here in in, uh, in our great state. But uh, anyways, I don't know. I'm talking about that. But uh, as far as influencing, I think that if you if you think about it, everyone's an influencer. If you you know talk to anyone, yeah, you can influence someone any way you want. You can have one follower. Yeah. You know, Jesus had 12, right? You don't need a whole bunch of followers, right? Uh, well, let's, I want to, I want to maybe just, I'm, I'm kind of deciding on where I want to go right now, but I think I'm just yeah. going to jump straight into the meat. Yeah. Because um, you talk, and maybe we, we can later on go back to how you started and stuff, but but since we're kind of already uh, scratching the surface on, on what's hot today, Today, 2020, yep. we're, we're recording this um, kind of near mid-end of July. Yep. Um, but uh, today in 2020, what's what's the most dangerous part about social media? Uh, well, if you're on social media, you know that it's kind of a crazy time in our country, if you look at the news. Um, and so my, my slant is always towards the kids. Um, and right now, the things that are really taking off uh, is uh, sex trafficking and uh, sexual exploitation of kids. Um, every 30 seconds, a kid is kidnapped or abducted. Uh, 1.2 million kids per year around the world are sold into sex slavery. Um, and as of last year, so the National Center on Missing and Exploited Children, cyber tips from a year ago today are up 90% as far as kids being exploited. Uh, and, they're, and it's happening all through social media. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I try and tell parents, like, if your kid has a smartphone and they have social media, especially Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, um, they can be sexually exploited and sexually abused in your own home without someone even being there. How does that, what, what does that look like for, for the parents that, yeah. are, that are, like, thinking their, their daughter's they're just, just doing, down there just filming doing themselves, the newest doing dance, the dance yeah. doing the renegade or whatever, look like they're summoning demons, whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, I get messages every day. I'm going to share one today uh, once I get out of here. Uh, I got one of a 14-year-old girl who's up in Sandy, and she said, Colin, because I was talking about kids being uh, exploited on their phones through Snapchat especially. And she's, she, when I was driving up here, I was getting gas, and I looked, just peeked at it. And uh, she's like, this happened to me last year when I was 14. I was like, what happened? And she, I'll, I'll, I'll share it uh, on my account. But she said, and I've heard this so many times, same story. I met a boy on Snapchat who said he was my same age and he was talking to me and asking me questions and we kind of started getting to know each other and he was like, really, seemed really cute and really nice and I was bored and that's what I hear a lot. Like I was just bored. I just wanted someone to talk to and I was just in my bedroom and then he sent me photos of him and I made a mistake and sent photos of myself. Back when I say photos, I mean nude photos uh, or explicit, you know, broad panty stuff or whatever. Um, so I sent some back to him and then he asked for more and, he, and, and it just kept going on and on. 
And when I said, I, I don't feel comfortable with this anymore, he, I didn't realize that he had screenshot all of them and had saved them. And then he said, if you don't send more, I'm going to expose these. And she said, he started rattling off my Instagram followers. He had screenshot everyone who followed me and I followed. So my friends, my Facebook friends, mm-hmm. kids, kids that I went to school with, he named them and said, I'm going to share all of your photos with these people. And she said, uh, and it was almost a quote. She said, I was a slave for three months because I did everything he said because I was so afraid. Uh, this is right here. This is just down the street. Yeah. And this isn't like low socioeconomic, like trailer park where there's like no parents at home, whatever. This was like, she's like, I've got mom and dad. Like we have a nice house. Like this happens every day and it happens right down the street. It could be happening to your kid. And, uh, and, and it's happening through the same apps every time. It's always through Snapchat and now TikTok's taken over and Instagram. And these are the apps that parents just willfully hand their kids thinking like, well, I have Instagram and, you know, I use it to look at quotes. And it's like, well, your kid's 13. And if they're on there, you got got to understand that the pedophiles and the predators and the people looking to exploit and extort your kids, they know where the kids are and that's where they go. Yeah, well, and and you share this all the time. If you your your content that you push out every day, it's not you're you're not necessarily. well, you're pretty blunt about what you're what you're posting. You're showing there, and these some of these guys, you mean, have the guts to put their picture on. Oh yeah, and they're they're liking, and and sometimes you you were mentioning this just recently about uh, little dance pictures, right? So if I yeah. if I have a daughter and she's uh, like in a little dance leotard or whatever and doing a leg up move or or whatever, mm-hmm. to me as a father that might just be like, oh, check out my daughter, she's really cute. Um, but parents aren't aware of a darker side to yeah. when we post pictures like that, right? So the last couple of days I've been, uh, I've been sharing what I've been finding is that a lot of, a lot of parents will go out and post like that. And, and my, I, have four, I have three girls. They're all in dance. And we loved it. It was the cute. Their little outfits were so cute. And every mom wants to show a photo of them in their little outfit. Uh, you know, their dance costume, whatever it's called. And like, you know, they, when their daughter can do that perfect straight leg up and their leotard, they're always so happy to share that. Um, but I, parents, I don't think realize that there's whole accounts and a dark belly to, especially Instagram and other sites where, uh, you know, these pervs and these pedophiles will go find those because you've tagged the photo like dancer girl or like little dancer, let hashtag leg up. And then they will screen, they'll grab those photos that moms and dads, you know, unsus- unsuspectedly posted just as a way to show their friends, like how cute their daughter is. Uh, they'll post it on a, like a huge montage collection Instagram page. That's most of them are public. A lot are private. I haven't yet got the guts to actually ask to be, to get into one of those because I know what I'm going to see is going to be 10 times worse. Um, but then they put them on these accounts. They call them like young models or young hot models or young dancer girls. And then there's just a whole bunch of them. And then the, if you just click on the comments, it's just a bunch of gross men just saying anything they want. And so a mom posts a photo of her daughter on Facebook and tags it or on Instagram of her cute little seven-year-old doing a leg up and a leotard. And then suddenly it's on an account for thousands of pedophiles to sit there and then screenshot and then keep too. And so I, yeah, and I'll, I'll grab the faces of the people who comment. I'll share their name. I'll tag their face in it. Uh, I, I'm assuming most of them are probably fake accounts or people that are hiding behind pictures and names. Yeah. Some of them aren't though. Some of these guys will put their whole face. They'll like, they'll talk, they'll say where they work. Uh, I have a guy who I'm going to bust today. Uh, who is, this is hilarious. Hilariously sad. This guy is like a 65 year old golf pro in Florida and he's an old guy and he works specifically on their junior league. And so he's one of the big guys of their, this local clubs, junior league golfing thing. 
And, uh, and so I saw he was commenting on a lot of these pictures and especially ones on like little boy model pages. And so I clicked on him and I found him on LinkedIn and the dude, he's following 3000 accounts and I was going through them all and they're all underage kids, every single one of them. Model accounts, they're underage, really creepy pedophile compiled ones, whatever. This guy doesn't even realize that we can see that he's following little kids. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just call down there and just want, cause this guy deals with kids. Like this guy runs the junior golf league for this club. Like he's around little boys all day. And this is, uh, he obviously has a huge problem with this. And so there's people like that. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm trying to wake parents up to realize that Instagram, especially Snapchat and TikTok, are not how they used to be. Like everything has changed, especially Instagram and now TikTok, which is the big one the kids all use. These are not the way they were when they came out, which was yeah. just like a fun way to like post a photo of your tacos, you yeah. know, or like do a silly dance with, you know, TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. It's, it's not that anymore. And, uh, and parents need to wake up to, you know, if you're really, and I said this in my podcast the other day, if you are anti, and I'm so glad that someone, there's so much about anti-child sex trafficking right now. I mean, we have marches coming up. End of July, there's a march in Salt Lake. I'm going down one in Arizona. There's all over California. Parents are waking up to this. But if you are anti-sex trafficking and then still giving your kid a phone to, you know, entertain them and Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, like you can't do both, right? Those are the platforms that this is happening on. Kids are getting exploited and sextorted, which then leads to sex trafficking on these apps, through these apps. This is how they do it. And so, you know, it's not just silly dances and silly filters anymore. I'm wondering, two, two questions, same question, but for two different two different sides. Um, me, right, I, I have three little girls also. Um, what, what should parents be doing um, given, you know, I mean, this knowledge that you sure. know and, and a lot of people maybe aren't thinking about? And then after that, what about what about the children, right? The children yeah. that are, because you shared um, another story not too long ago about a, a little kid uh, who kind of got in the middle of a similar situation. Yeah. And then when, you know, I mean, things were kind of coming to the surface, he, he just said that he's like, man, I just, I just want a friend. You mean, I don't have anybody. So yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what, what, what would you say to the parents first? And then if you're a kid caught in the middle of this, what yeah. would you say to that? So parents, what I would say first, number one is realize, uh, that, um, understand what these apps do, right? Understand what these apps are for. Um, I don't know if I can, I, I'm, this isn't, I'm like, yeah. you don't have to bleep this out or anything, but I had a mom message me. She said, uh, she's up in Sandy as well. This was yesterday. She said, Hey, what do you do when you find out that your teenage uh, daughter is actually not just sending news, but selling them. So the predators and the creepos will actually go on Snapchat, create these and then ask girls like, I'll pay you for your news. Like I'll, if send me photos, I'll pay you. And she's like, I just found my daughter was. And I found out while I was listening to your podcast with a police officer talking about these apps. I'm like, Oh, the irony. Um, <laughs> she's like, I don't want to do it. I just want to scream. I'm like, well, if you're going to scream, scream at yourself. Right. Um, because that's why Snapchat was created. Snapchat was created for this purpose, right? Was for one reason was to give people the opportunity and a way to send photos that then disappear. That's all it was created for sexting. So you gave your kid a smartphone, you gave them the, in their pocket, you gave them Snapchat and then they used it for what it was meant to be used for. So why are you getting mad at them? You didn't teach them. You didn't educate them. You're not monitoring them. Right? So stop getting mad at them. It's like, I told her, and I, I love this example. I'm like, it's like handing your boy a box of condoms and then getting mad because he's not using the blow up balloons. It's like, oh, I thought he used the blow up balloons, the, the silly filters. It's like, right. no, like he used them what they're for, right? 
And so for parents, I would say you've got to educate yourself on what these apps are and stop being afraid. Parents today, I think, are really afraid. In fact, I know that because there was a study last year that said the top five things parents are afraid of right now, number one was their kids' technology. That was the number one fear. And so when you're afraid, you don't talk about stuff and you pretend that it's not happening. You put your fingers in your ear. You say, la, 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 it's not going to happen to my kid. And I'm trying to help parents, especially here in Utah, where we have our little bubble where, we, you know, everyone's safe and yeah. our kids are all perfect and they would never, they would never, my yeah. kid would never, my kid would never. There's all these excuses, you know, like we assume just because our kids go to church for two hours on a Sunday that they're going to be perfect or whatever. And that's not the case. Um, so understand that if your kid has these apps that they've, it's probably already happened to some degree, especially if they have Snapchat, they've already been hit up for, uh, nude photos from someone. And so go into the conversation, not guns blazing, screaming, but just really understand, listen, uh, they already feel bad. You, know, you don't, they don't need, you don't, they don't need to be shamed by you. Um, you know, maybe they've told a friend and the friend's been cool and they're afraid to tell you, but just go in there and just be calm and loving. Uh, and the other thing is this, like I tell parents all the time, I mean, I have shirts, I have stickers. I put billboards up in February that just said what I always say, which is just stop giving kids smartphones. My daughter who's in ninth grade, I know she will never be exploited on a phone because she's never going to have one, right? She, she's not going to have it. She's not going to have Snapchat, she's have Instagram. We talk about it all the time. She's very aware of what's on there, but she doesn't, she's not going to have one. And so if you want to help bring down the sex trafficking and the sexual exploitation and all these issues of impacting our kids, like the, the way it's happening is on the phone. You're paying for like you gave it to them, you pay for it, and it's happening in your, in your house to the, a lot of these kids. And, well, and, and you mentioned this too earlier. Sorry, I, I listened to a lot of stuff <laughs> in, in preparation for this, but, uh, but you mentioned that there are even apps that will hide stuff, right? So, so, oh, yeah. So there's... Yeah. there's it seems like maybe there's a, a few faces to this, right? So there are people who are innocently getting hit up, right? But then yeah. if I decide, hey, I, I want to mess around with this and I'm a young teenager just thinking that I'm doing teenager dumb things, sure. um, there there are actual apps on your phone that you can hide oh, yeah. um, photos, histories, hide photos, videos. whatever. Yeah, you, there's, app, there's ways that you can set up where you have an entire different interface. So if you show your dad, it looks like it's one, but then you push a button and then like all the apps they don't know you have will show up. So I have an app. There's a calculator app. A lot of parents, not parents, I think that some parents know about this, but there's a calculator app that looks just like the regular calculator app that they already have on their phone. And if you type a code, so my code is 4426 per, uh, uh, percentage, and then it pops up to, and I put my folder, here's where I hide bad photos, right? It pops up all the hidden albums so they can hide stuff. And these are apps that are made. Like someone made this app specifically like for just for this, and then like Apple approved it. That's the other big problem. And, that, and if I were to say that to parents too, is that understand that there's no incentive for technology companies to care. There's just too much money. There's so much money being made. And it's kind of like the Wild West. And so parents cannot um, rely on tech companies to protect their kids. And you can't rely on monitoring apps to protect your kids. You know, I hear that a lot. Well, I use this app, we monitor, or I put this app on and it, and it blocks stuff. <laughs> like, come on. I've met six-year-olds who can get over their parental blocks, like seven-year-olds. Um, and there's videos on YouTube showing kids how to do that, like how to hop. Those, the, the, any of those blocks and filters are just fences for kids. And so if they're curious, because they're not being talked about, you're not talking to them about this stuff, they're going to be curious. Their friends talk about it. So if you're not talking about it, they're going to find a way to learn. 
Um, so, you know, talk to your kids about it, right? Talk to them about all this stuff. How, how, how early do you start talking to your kids Super about early, it? Yeah. So I usually, I, I tell parents I have a, a, the rule of five, which is five years before they're going to be exposed to something is when I start. And so for pornography, it's like four, three, four, five. I mean, three or four is when we start talking about good pictures, bad pictures. There's actually a really cool book by an author called good pictures, bad pictures. It's like a kid's book. And so I, we've read that with all of our kids when they're about four. And it just starts talking about like, hey, when you're on a, an iPad or a screen, like there's good pictures, which are like what? And it's, it's really interactive. It's like, oh, you know, when you're at the beach with your family or this. Now, there's something called bad pictures, too, which are kind of like this. Uh, and parents get afraid. And when they hear that, like, wait, what? I'm like, they're like, I, I, I got to talk to my kids at like four about mm -hmm. this? Well, the average age that kids are being exposed is like eight years old now. Uh, I, I'm turn, I mean, I'm 39. I got exposed when I was seven. This is pre-internet. I mean, that's how easy it was back then, too. Now it's way easier. And so years before, um, my kids learn about sexting when they're in fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade is when we start talking about like, you know, when, what kids can do with these stuff and why it's bad. And if, and if, you know, they're not gonna have fun, so it's not gonna be an, an issue. Uh, but you, it's, you've got to realize that kids today, thanks to the culture and thanks to social media, they are being exposed to things that we didn't see till 16, 17, 18. They're being exposed to eight, nine, 10 now. Mm -hmm. If you've been on TikTok, right, sis over there, um, like you see 14, 15 year old girls that look like 25 year old models. Like there's, there's no ugly phase anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have a, t I don't have a TikTok account, but I have it on my phone cause I go do research and find stuff that I can scare parents with, uh, inform, not scare. And I, I'm blown away. Like some of these girls dancing, it's like, like they all grew up overnight. Like yeah. parents, I like, when did we decide that 12 is adulthood now? Like yeah. 13, they're like, well, I trust my kid. Well, they're 12, 14, like, you know? And so well, they're seeing stuff earlier. So you got to talk about it earlier. The average, uh, by seventh grade, kids are already sending new photos. And that's here in Utah. And I know that because I spoke at like every school here. So sixth, seventh grade is they're already sending nudes and talking about it. Or boys are asking about it. And so that's, you know, fourth grade, third grade, you guys start talking about that. Are, are you, and, and I think it's important to, to kind of go back to what you were saying that, um, and, and I think it, it speaks to maybe the involvement level of the parent. Um, you, you told another story about a, a, a kid who, um, I think it was the same story as earlier. He knew that his, he didn't have a certain, like his mom thought she had done her job and yeah. he didn't have access, but he was using a cousin's, a cousin's iPad or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, something yeah. like that. And, and I think it's important because, um, the, you know, I mean, us parents just need to be aware that. Um, maybe cause, maybe cause these kids are growing up faster. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know where, if I'm just kind of speaking hot air right now, <laughs> but, um, but man, these little three-year-olds know how to navigate through an iPad really oh, yeah. quick, right? I have a little three-year-old and, and she can take an iPad and you mean, find, you know what I mean? Her Disney plus Go find it and music. download yeah. it. And if the Wi-Fi is off, check the Wi-Fi, see what's going on. Exactly. Right? And, and these are things that you mean, full adults, some, some full adults still today might not be able to navigate as easily yeah. as some of these little kids. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's just really important uh, maybe to emphasize the involvement of the parents yeah. um, when it, when it comes to these things. But what about, what about kids? Cause you, you, you've mentioned this before too, where you, when you go and speak, uh, schools, you, a lot of what you do, you speak at a lot of high schools or any school, really. Yeah, a lot of middle schools, middle a lot of school. high schools. I need to talk to more elementary schools because that's where it's all happening. That's where it's all starting. Yeah. Right? 
I've, I've spoken a lot of high schools, like when I spoke at your high school, Jordan. I had kids come up to me and they're like, where were you three years ago? Like, <laughs> like I'm a junior now. Like, this all busted me off the rails when I was 10, 11, 12. Well, well yeah. how often does that happen? I'm wondering, yeah. in your personal experience, because you go and you've mentioned it, that after you speak to a school, there's always a handful of messages that come from, oh, from tons, yeah. these uh, kids at these schools and, and they're all sharing you mean similar experiences. Yeah, yeah. A lot of really sad, heartbreaking experiences. Um, I get a lot of messages from kids, just especially after assemblies, just saying thank you for talking about this because no one else is. And when they do talk about it, it's like this condescending, like if you have social media, you're a bad person. And if you use this, blah, like you're the first person who's not our age, who's like talked on our level. And I get it. I don't blame kids at all for any of this. Whenever parents like will send me a photo of like kids sitting on their phones, like not paying attention at a movie and they're like, look at kids, isn't that so sad? I'm like, why? Don't get mad at them. They didn't buy those, right? <laughs> Go get mad at the parents. They're the ones who gave it to them and then let the phone take over this kid's life, right? Parents gave their kids a syringe full of heroin and then are wondering like, why are they addicted to heroin? It's like, right. well, you gave them the most exciting, you know, when you're talking about like kids finding ways to get on it, they're, you know, you if you're not talking about it and they're curious and you say there's a monster in a box under your bed, don't look at that. Then you walk off. They're going to be like, what's this monster look like? Right. Right. They'll find a monster from their friends and they'll, they'll hide stuff from you uh, because you're not talking about it. Uh, the internet is so awesome. There's so much fun stuff on there. It's so addicting. There's endless supply of entertainment. Kids can literally, as adults do, can literally never think, feel anything they want to anymore and just numb out constantly. And if their friends are talking about it, because all their friends are hooked to it too, like, of course a kid's going to hide something from you. So that kid, he said he uh, hid it on an iPad. His parents didn't even know he had it, right? Uh, and when he was, uh, he was getting extorted, so he sent, he, some girl said he, uh, he met a girl on Snapchat and blah, 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 and they started talking, and then he sent photos of him, which he shouldn't have, of course, so he feels bad. And it turned out this was a guy, like some old dude. Was, which is common, right? Most is, of these most dudes of are time. old. Most of the time, yeah. Creepos. It, uh, if any kids are listening to this, if you ever get hit up by someone you don't know and they say they're your, they're your age and they're like, hey, I just thought you look cute. I want to talk to you. They're don't. Just run. They're not your age. They're creepy old people um, or slightly older guys who are just struggling. And so he said he talked to him and then this guy wanted to extort him for 10,000 bucks. Right. And his parents got involved and they freaked out. And, uh, you know, he's feeling like crap and hiding when it's happening. Right. And all that. He was literally sexually abused and exploited. And he didn't have to leave his bedroom, you know. In the old days, you had to get picked up on the side of the road in a van, right? Or get kidnapped somewhere outside of like a Maverick, whatever. But now these kids are getting ex exploited and abused, and they don't even have to leave their bedroom. And it's happening on something parents are paying for, right? I mean, literally, the parents say, here, here's a platform. And so it's a, it's a really hard, crappy time. Kids have become guinea pigs in a horrible experiment. And I'm so happy that now it seems like people are like, I feel this energy, like people are starting to wake up to it. And I'm just hoping that this isn't just like, you know, Coney 2010 or whatever, like right. Harambe, like let's all <laughs> change our avatars for five days and say we care and then just move on to the next thing, right? Yeah. Well, what, what, what do you say to, to these kids that, that hit you up and they're in, in the middle of, of yeah. a situation that they didn't want to be Caught up in the middle. I'll just read one to you. So this girl who uh, is up in Sandy, who said this happened to her last year when she was 14, uh, I asked her, I said, so what is your advice? Um, what is your advice for kids who are stuck in the same situation? So this is what she said. She said, uh, I said, so what do you do for kids who feel trapped, scared like you did? She said, tell someone, tell anyone. It helps, I promise. No one is going to turn you away. 
or judge you for it. You are the victim. You are not the bad guy here. They are. You are not going to get in trouble. They are. Speak up. Use your voice. And please, please, please get help. There are people in your life that care about you and love you and will no matter uh, will care no matter what. So uh, your parents love you. They just want what's best for you. And they won't be mad. Just tell someone. Now, the problem is, is kids, when I ask them, I say, hey, when they say I'm getting exploited or anything, I, I'm getting cyberbullied to the point I want to die. I'm self-harming. Uh, I'm sexting boys or girls, whatever it is. And I'm struggling with pornography, anything. Whenever I ask them, I say, um, have you told mom or have you told dad? And they say no. Whenever I say why not, the number one response is always the same thing. If I tell them, they'll freak out and they'll take my phone. <laughs> and that's it. I'm like, well, wouldn't you rather get some help, you know, and tell someone about this? Like, no way, not at the cost of losing my phone privileges, right? Kids aren't addicted to their phones. I think they're addicted to each other, right? They're addicted to the connection. And so when you take a phone away, you're not just taking a phone. You're taking away their connection to their friends and to their life. They've, they've spent years curating this Instagram profile that, like, sadly for a lot of kids means more than who they are in real life to them. Yeah. Because who they are on their phone is more important than who they are in real life. And so you take that away. Like, kids have killed themselves the evening of their parents taking the phone away. I know several kids right here in Utah. Uh, a kid at, my, at our kid's high school last year. That was part of the reason why he died by suicide is because, you know, got in a fight with his mom, mom took his phone away, and then ended his life. And so you can't just rip it away and think it's going to go away. And if you have an older kid, especially like 15, 16, 17, who you gave a phone to when they're 10, 11, they've had it for years, like you cannot rip it away. Um, you got to, you can find ways to slowly wean them off and create new healthy connection. Uh, but don't go think you could ever just rip their phone away. Um, I asked that to parents too. I'm like, what if I ripped your phone away? Like, what if I took your phone away for a week? Like, <laughs> most parents would freak out. Right. You know what I mean? So stop thinking that our kids are not just mini us, you know, with better ideas. Right. <laughs> so, and, and this might be a good plug too, cause you're, you're also associated with the company Gab. Yeah. And, uh, wearing their shirt today, actually. Yeah, yeah. Gab Wireless, and and um, which is a Utah company started here by a dad in Daybreak and Sandy, who now just moved to Silicon Valley. But he had eight kids. Oh, he has eight kids. They, yeah, yeah. Um, and that started here, right here in Utah. Well, do you mind? Do you mind talking about Gab and what yeah, Gab is yeah. about for those who aren't familiar? So for two years, I was out running on the road, speaking like anywhere from thirty to eighty times a month, um, just like crazy, losing my voice every week, and like just sharing and sharing and talking about the problem. And I never felt like there was actually like a real good solution. Parents still want to know where their kids are. And there, you know, there's the watch that Gizmo makes with Verizon and there's a relay makes these cool walkie talkies that my kids use, but there wasn't like an actual phone that was just a phone. Right. I mean, parents are like, oh, I use, I can make it a flip phone. Flip phones still have browsers. I can still find porn and you can't disable them. So flip phones are actually not a good idea. Um, yeah, it's going to slow them down with like text chains because it takes so long to like, you know, keep up with buddies when yeah. you're T9 texting, right? <laughs> uh, but there wasn't like a, a, an actual like in between. It was like, you know, you're shopping for a car for your kid when they turn 16 and like AT&T is like, well, we have rollerblades or we have Ferraris. It's like, where's the Honda, right? <laughs> and so this guy, Stephen Dalby, uh, was inspired to after he was looking for a phone for his 12 year old. And the guy's like, we got iPhone 11s, you know, that's it. And they're, you know, 1200 bucks many supercomputers. He's like, there's gotta be a better way, right? Just like the infomercial, you know, there's gotta be a better way. So I don't know how, but somehow he found the deal. He made the contracts. He got up, hooked up on Verizon towers. It's, it's its own network. So you get a bill from Gab, but it's on Verizon towers, uh, from what I know. So it's good service, right? Uh, but it's a wireless network with phones that 
can just call. So they look like smartphones, but they just call text. Uh, there's a camera, so you can take photos, but there's no MMS, so you can't send or receive. The point why that's important is I talked to um, the head of Internet Crimes Against Children, either here in Idaho, and I said, what do you tell parents when they say, I'm giving my kid a smartphone, but I want to keep them safe. What is the number one thing I should disable? And parents always think it's, oh, the browser or, oh, the app store. And this uh, detective said, the camera. And I said, why? He's like, because where the kids get in the most trouble is the fact they can take pictures and then send them. And so I'm thinking, okay, so if there's a phone where they can take pictures, but they can't send or receive them, they're like, oh, it'd be fine then, right? So Gab, you can take photos, but you can't send them. You can offload them with the USB, and that's it. Uh, and it looks like a smartphone, right? So it looks like an iP uh, like every other phone their kids' friends have. So when yeah. they're at lunch and they pull out a phone that flips open, they don't get made fun of. And the kids <laughs> are like, what year is it? Danny's got a porn problem. That's why his parents gave him one. <laughs> or whatever. You know, the flip phone is like... And, and the cool part is flip phones and dumb phones are kind of coming back right now. Uh, kids are starting to realize like how cool it is to be you know, minimalist again. Some yeah. of them. But it looks like a smartphone. Uh, we have one uh, that we use as kind of a home phone. And it looks just like every other phone the kids have, you know? So they can have the phone like they want, and their friends think they're cool, but it doesn't have any of the scary stuff. And there's no workarounds, like literally. You give me your kid's iPhone that you've locked down, and it doesn't matter. Like, I'll get on the internet. Uh, let's get on the internet, I'll find a way. Your kids will always find a way. There's tricks, tips, kids are teaching each other. I had a mom tell me she had uh, uh, some neighbor kids over, and they were talking about like how in Fortnite, some six-year-old taught them how to jump their parents' restrictions on their phone. <laughs> like a six-year-old taught them how to do that over Fortnite. Yeah, so. which is crazy because the, the the gaming space oh, gosh. is is something that I think parents have have no idea about. And and I don't feel like I'm super old, but yeah. maybe because I'm not as much of a gamer. But like yeah. uh, like it, it when until I heard you talk about it, I was like that would be a perfect place because right like. If my mom came and saw me playing, you know what I mean, Madden or Fortnite or something, yeah. and I'm just talking trash to my opponent, yeah. she would just think that that's... Oh, uh, just talk to some friends. Yeah, right? yeah, boys being boys, competitive, or, or playing yeah. a thing. And it never had crossed my mind until I heard you talk about it that that's actually a perfect place. If if if, uh, if your prey, if I'm a predator and my prey are little boys, that's what, what games oh, are little boys playing? Let me tell you, let me tell you. Fortnite, Roblox, Minecraft are smoke signals for pedophiles. And Minecraft, mind you, young, young kids oh, yeah, play yeah. Minecraft. Three, four, like, five-year-olds, yeah. Th they're on it all the time. If, if you have those games, A, they're super fun, right? They're so amazing. That's why they do so well. I mean, Fortnite, I, Fortnite which is started by a guy who lives here in Utah, um, which I would egg his car if I ever saw him. <laughs> but he doesn't live anymore. Um Fortnite was started here. Minecraft, all these games your kids love to play. Like they're so addictive. They're created to be little crack for kids. Um, Roblox and Minecraft and parents are like, well, Minecraft's just digital Legos. No, it's not. It's fun to build stuff. It's a fun game. But if you let your kids play, they're gonna get hooked and it's gonna rewire their brain in certain ways. And if you want to learn about that, read the book called Glow Kids. But uh, but if the chat feature is available, so Fortnite when they're playing people they don't know, Minecraft you can do private, you can do chat, you can turn on chat. Uh, Roblox, you can have chat with strangers too. It is a disaster, those places. I, tons messages from kids. My little brother was eight and he was talking to some stranger on Roblox and then he got exploited and they started a relationship. I mean, eight year old, seven year old on Roblox, right? So uh, here, here's kind of like a good rule of thumb for parents. Any, any app or any game or any piece of any media that a kid can talk to a stranger Someone they don't know, family or friends, is a is a absolute dead on arrival, right? In the conversations, 
I don't care what the apps are. Uh, so you can set up private accounts, right? You can set up, you know, Roblox and Minecraft to like have private chat with just friends, and that's uh, that's okay. Monitor it still, but anything that where they can chat with private with strangers, like understand that the people they're talking to, you don't want your kids to talk to those people, right? And that's if I'm a pedophile, like they're gonna go where the kids are. It it did not take long for them to find out that Fortnite would be the best place to go find kids. So now we have tons of people getting busted as pedophiles on trying to get kids on Fortnite. Well, and it's scary because. Um if I, if I understand this right, some of these creeps that are that are talking to these little kids, they're coaching them, right? Oh they're like, my gosh. Your, your mom's probably going to say this. You know what I mean? This is how you're going to happens. Do this if you want to say this. Like, they, they're so manipulative. That's why I asked that girl. So this girl, the message read who just got today, how she got, you know, sextorted. That's a word you need to learn. Sexually sextorted for money or nudes. Uh, she said he was so good. He was so manipulative. He made it. So I feel like she, he, she said, I couldn't even leave my bedroom. Like I, he was so good just making me do things. And I, and she's like, I was so afraid of the response I would get from my parents and friends. Like I was so afraid of being exposed that I did it. She said, I was a slave for three months. This poor girl was a little, a sex slave for some guy who probably had her and dozens of others all doing the same thing. These people, and I wouldn't even call them people, these idiot, whatever scumbag dirtbags are so good at manipulating kids. They act like them. They have a whole bunch of photos. They, they, they know the lingo. They know what to say. They know how to manip manipulate them. Uh, there's a really scary, sad, amazing kind of short documentary that Bark, which is an app for kind of monitoring, put out yep. where and a, a mom went undercover with the, the detectives and she poses an 11-year-old girl. And they screenshot the messages she was getting from guys and, and pedophiles that were so manipulative. Like, literally, if you're a father, you would want to punch a wall. Um, you know, what if, 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 if your dad ever talked to you about this? Do you know what this is? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you know, have you ever taken a photo like this? Take a photo of this. Make sure you put the camera. Like, literally teaching them where to put the camera for the best angles. Like, knowing that these are 11-year-old girls. It, it gives me, it makes the hair on my neck just stand up every time. And the, the excuse that this isn't going to happen to my kid or we monitor them, like, that, that's done. That, that, that doesn't work anymore. Even if your kid is an amazing kid, right? They're still kids. They have very, very underdeveloped brains. And if they're bored and they're in a bedroom and it's nighttime and they have the internet and they, they're looking for a rush because kids are all about, you know, they're yeah. all gas, no brakes. And, of course, they're going to try something sketchy. Talk to a stranger, see what happens. And if they get talking to these strangers who are so good at it, it's really hard for your kids to escape it. You know? and, and, and that's an important point that you bring up because I think sometimes um, parents might be fooled like, oh, my, my son or daughter is the class president or they're the yeah, president in their church group or he's whatever. The leader of our church group of his age yeah. kids. And mm -hmm. like, oh, man. And we do, you know, we church every Sunday. And yeah. he's so strong. He prays. I hear yeah. him. He's just, this would never happen. I had a mom in Houston, Texas message me once. He was a member of just like a different non-denomination church. And she's like, you know, Con, I'm so grateful that what you're talking about. I got to do the accent, right? Because I'm in Texas. <laughs> I'm so grateful for what you're talking about. And, you know, I, I'm, and I'm just so grateful that because I take my kids to church, that my boys who are teenagers have less hormones because of this. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, have you met a church boy? Like, I won, right? You are? Like, we were way worse right. as far as like, you know, hormones. And wanting to get girls and things like that. So it, it's just, it's crazy that parents are, you want to trust your kids, but you can't be too trusting, right? Yeah. I mean, remember you were, and, and that's the other thing. I love telling parents this, like, 
stop being so self-righteous thinking like, I can't believe the kids are doing this. Like, yeah. I can't believe that my son at 15 took a picture of his wiener and sent it to friends at school uh-huh. during class. And now he's expelled. It's like, okay, if all of us parents, if you know, eighties and nineties kids, if we had Snapchat in high school, yeah, half of us would be in jail. Right? Like, come <laughs> on. I would have done the same thing. And I was a good kid when church every Sunday. Like I would have still been born and be like, I wonder if I take a picture of some of my friends right now and airdrop yeah. it to them. Like I wonder what they probably make them laugh. And then I get yeah. expelled. Yeah. You know, so your kids are not any different than you are. They just have yeah. the technology that can make their lives easier, make their lives a lot harder too. I, I had the, the a very similar thought when, when I heard that story about that little kid, um, who, uh, according to, again, on paper, his mom had blocked everything. I thought I did was, everything. That's yeah, what but, she said, yeah. But uh, it was his cousin's Xbox password or something. That's that, right. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. So he was he got his uh, her his cousin's Xbox Live account username and then used that to get on the internet to play Minecraft and that's where he got uh, exploited. Right. And well, and in in some ways I relate to the principle behind that. Right. Like I, I I was just like, man, I guess I kind of did similar things. I remember telling you know what I mean like. Oh, I got football practice, or I'm going with my cousins here, yeah. but we're gonna go hang out. You know what I mean? At some friend's house. You know what I mean? And hang out with some girls or whatever. But, but I was just like, man, I guess it was the same, yeah, yeah. same thing. And it's just the technology. It's just the access to technology makes it a hundred times worse because, yeah. you know I mean, we we're just gonna go hang out with some girls, and now it's you think you're hanging out with girls, but you're hanging out with a bunch of old creepy, creepy old dudes. Yeah. And the thing is, is, is like. We we did a big disservice to our kids by um, freaking out so much, not letting kids just go be kids anymore, right? You know, kids, well, so many parents are like, I need to know where you are all the time, and if you're in my house, I know you're safe. And, you know, parents are parenting out of so much guilt and so much fear that we're we're doing this to our kids, right? When I hear about kids gaming and parents are like, why are kids gaming so much? My kid just wants to game all day. Well, if he wasn't gaming, what would you let him do? Would you let him, does he have a bike? You know, would you let them go ride it? No, there's no way. I would, my, my neighborhood's dangerous. There's probably pedophiles everywhere. It's like, okay, so <laughs> like he's a boy and he wants to do what boys do, which is build and create and collaborate with peers and move objects through space and time and like win and like, you know, be a hero. But you won't let him leave the house. Games are there for him then, right? No wonder they're gaming. They can accomplish all those things in their bedroom that they should be getting out in real life. And so parents have to stop freaking out. And let their kids be, and that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff, but the amount of, you know, child abductions is like the lowest it's ever, it's never been a safer time for your kids to go out and play, right? So, you know, let your kids go be kids and, and then they're not going to have to feel like, well, I want to do all these things that my brain and my evolved, you know, millions of years and like everything telling me what to do as a 12 year old boy, which is to go do the things I just said, which is be a kid and blow stuff up and have fun. I can't do I'm going to do it in my basement. And if mom doesn't let you do it there, they'll find a way. Right. What's, what's your advice to parents um, who. To, yeah. What's your advice to parents in in how we should let kids be kids, but still respect uh, these actual dangers that yeah. are there? Because there, there's another story where kid goes over to a friend's house. Um, I'm not allowed to go inside your friend's house because yeah. that's just my mom said. Because you guys all have iPads in your bedrooms and right. mom's worried about you right. showing me something bad. Yeah. And so, but, but it still happens outside on the porch or, or something like that. Sure. Yeah. That so was one. Yeah. I hear that. That was one I share. The mom said she did everything she could to keep her kids safe. And then they went to a friend's house across the street. They all have iPads. And on the front porch, uh, a seven year old showed her six year old son porn on the front porch. That was here in Utah too. So the question is, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Right? yeah. How, how does, how am I supposed to parent yep. 
when you know I mean while I want my kid to have a normal childhood and to ride bikes and build blocks and get yeah. dirty in the mud um, but still respecting that you know there's mean? other parents out yeah. there that have different yeah so in our fa- in our family we have just had to realize that um, I don't I am not gonna let my kids get uh, exposed I'm not gonna let my kids get destroyed by stuff like this um, because I wanted them to have a play date or I want to be cool um, I don't care right my kids uh, we have rules if the, if they go to a friend's house and phones come out they come home and they know that and they just you know that's just what it is and uh, I've had conversations with all their friends parents especially the young ones I'm like hey if they come over like it you know my my sixth grader who's now gonna be in seven she had a, a girl that she hung out with at school a little bit but like during summer they met up at like a pool pond or something like that and they're like oh I want to go play at her hands, uh, friend's house and I saw this girl and she was like the whole time, like in her mind doing little TikTok dances in her brain. You can see them where they're always like, you know, they watch it so much that they just do it naturally without even thinking. Just like at the store. Or yeah. <laughs> they're just like obsessed with it. Right. Uh, more possessed. And, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to just talk to the mom first before we go over there. And so I talked to the mom and I was like, Hey, uh, so excited Quincy come hang out with your daughter. Um, but just so you know where I'm at with technology, uh, if your daughter's a smartphone or apps like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, she's, uh, she can come over and play, but if those come out, Quincy's going to come home. Um, and it's just because my, and I explained for a second, like, this is what I study. I know all the bad stuff about it. I don't, tr- it's not, I don't trust you in your house. It's, I just don't trust the technology. And the mom's like, oh no, no, totally. Like she doesn't have a phone. Like she learned how to dance from like a cousin taught her one and she was just trying to learn it. We're so on the same page. And so I tell parents, I'm like, look, you just have to be a better villager. Right. Where you're talking to the village, you're talking to the other villagers saying, hey, I'm going to here's here's what's going on out there and talking to those parents and having conversations with them. Be like, hey, you know, did you know I know your daughter uses TikTok? Like, did you know? Did you see this? I just want to make sure we're all, you know, safe. Right. There's just too much shaming, too much judgment, parenting, you know, Um, and that's not shaming parents who are giving their kids all this. It's educating and teaching them. And our rule is like, you know, we don't do sleepovers. Absolutely not. It doesn't matter if they're cousins because that's where a lot of kids get molested or, you know, is sibling on sibling or cousin on sibling sexual abuse it happens in the bedrooms and sleepovers and uh, going to our friend's house that video games, like my son's seven and uh, all, all the age kids that age have DSs and want to play video games. I mean, we just finished baseball and I was one of the coaches and, and that's all the kids talk about. Me was playing Fortnite, I was playing Minecraft. What do you think? And Miles just like, I don't play those games, you know? And, and if you want to go play at this kid's house, if they're going to play games, I'm like, let's go do something else. I'll take you bowling instead. What, how about that? Right. So, um, you just, you just got to have this conversation and it's hard, but you have to, right. And if you lose friends out of it, so what, right. If, if your neighbor doesn't like, they're like, well, you know, you could, they're going to come and play Fortnite for nine hours and they're going to do a Fortnite sleepover. And you're like, well, Billy's not going to come then because I just, I don't like Fortnite. I don't like what it does to kids' brains. Well, if you, fine. It's like, all right, I'll find someone else to play with. Right. You know, I don't care if I lose a sibling play date with some mm-hmm. of my kids and cousins because of this. I care more about my kids. That's that's what parents need. Put your put your kids safety first instead of you being cool and being the cool parent. You know, it, if if I'm a parent and I've never brought this subject up to my kids. Right. And I and um, and let's say I have a son or daughter who's between 10 and 14. Yeah. Can I can I expect but and they have a phone yeah. and by all metrics they're behaving normally uh should i still suspect that they've been exposed to stuff like this oh yeah i mean it, it depends on what apps they have right 
Um, and again, realize that if you're not smart, your kids are smarter. They can download apps when you're not around and then delete them off your phone. I, kids are really good at that. They download an app on the bus and then they delete it when they come home because my mom checked my phone when I come home. Um, so if they have those apps, absolutely have conversations. You know, Not, hey, has this ever happened, but when was the last time you saw something bad? Or when was the last time someone asked you or, or someone sent you a message on Instagram as wanting to be a sugar daddy? That's like the big scam right now. And so absolutely have conversations with them and, and go into it like knowing I'm not going to freak out. You're probably going to find something. Either they're going to tell you or you're going to do random phone checks and you'll find stuff, but just don't freak out. Because when you freak out on a kid, um, all you tell them is, A, don't talk to me about this ever again, and B, hide it better. That's it. Um, they're going to just do a better job hiding it if you're freaking out. They don't want to be yelled at, right? No one wants to be yelled at. No one ever wants that. Adults too. So if you go in there and you find something and you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my kid did something against my morals and everything we taught them, like don't say that to them. Go in there with love, give them a hug and say, look, I'm really sorry. I didn't know any of this stuff really existed. I made a mistake of trusting the technology too much and I'm so sorry this happened. And let's set up some guidelines now. You know, let's set up some rules. Let's set up some boundaries to keep you safe. Um, just to, just to kind of reverse back, cause how, how long have you been doing this now where you, cause I know you're, I, I should have mentioned in your intro, you're also a TEDx speaker. You yeah. spoke uh, at a, at a Salt TEDx Lake. event yeah, here in Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how long have you, uh, kind of devoted all your, you know I mean, time of yeah, your, it's been like two and a half years. Um, you know, before this I was, I did random stuff. Um, but I'd always had, you know, using social media as a way to, as a tool to like wake us up to like what it's doing to us. The first two years I was sharing more about what it was doing to adults, right? Especially Instagram and how it's affecting us, affecting Utah's culture, affecting our neighborhoods and our friends and the toxic it created a whole culture of toxic perfectionism, which just ruins so many of us, right? Um, so I had been doing that for a couple of years, and it wasn't until I, you know, I started realizing how much this was impacting teenagers. I didn't have teenagers yet, and I did not realize that all this stuff parents were giving their kids too. You know, I, I was like, I can't, I couldn't believe that like moms were giving their daughters like Instagram at 12, 13 at that time. Now it's like 9, 10, 11. Um, and so after I found out through some pretty sad stories as far as like people we knew whose kids, you know, died by suicide and it all circled around cell phones and it all circled around social media. Like I just decided after being so fed up that if people aren't going to talk about this, I will. And so um, started, I shared one, I got asked to go speak one time up in Woods Cross to just a little church group. Some lady followed me. She's like, could you, she's like, I have 14 young women here. They're all struggling and their parents never talked to me about it. And I know they're struggling because they talked to me could you put together like you, what you talk about kind of in a little presentation and come bring it to us? And so I put together some slides, just how I would want to talk to kids. If I was a kid, how I'd want someone to talk to me about it. You know, no condescending, no shaming, right? Being on your side, right? Because this isn't their fault. Um, and I went up there and spoke to that group. And you know how Utah works, you know, as soon as they're like, that was so impactful. We actually, at that group, I had them all write down, and I don't usually do this anymore, but I had them all write down on a piece of paper uh, one thing my parents don't know about social media is what? Which, and by the way, I think is one of the best questions I've heard oh, yeah. in the longest time. You just have to ask them, what, what's, what's something your parents don't know? And I said, write it down anonymously. Don't put your name. Um, and, you know, there's ones that were like, oh, I don't even have social media. Or, you know, my parents don't know that, you know, I have Snapchat. Or my parents don't know that I have Instagram. Um, but this was, a, that was the, the very first speech I ever gave at this little young women's group. 
Uh, one of the ones I got was my parents don't know that I uh, talk to grown men on my phone and that I do dances for them and I and I and I do it with a whole bunch of guys and they don't know this. It was first person she talked to. She wrote that was the first person. And it's a uh, church at a church at activity. At a church, yeah, youth group you activity. Yeah. Like and she and and honestly, going back, like scanning the room in my mind, I was like, I wouldn't be able to tell who it was. That's how amazing kids are. They're so good at hiding and filtering what they're doing or like, you know, if they're struggling. Um, and so I took a screenshot of that. I, I messaged the, the church leader lady and I said, Hey, um, that I, there's one girl I'm really worried about. Do you know this handwriting? And I sent her a copy of it. I'm like, don't freak out. Promise me. You're not going to just text her, right? Or call her or don't just scream at her parents right now. Um, and I sent her a screenshot of it. I said, Hey, do you know anyone who'd be struggling with this before I send her the photo of the handwriting? And she's like, I would never, she's like, I, that was one of my girls. She's like, I would have no idea. She's like, there's no way. And I sent her the handwriting, like the actual thing the girl wrote, and she's just like freaked out. She's like, she's like, I'm, I'm in tears. She's like, I know who that is. I, she's like, there's no way. I cannot believe. She's like our most solid kid. And so they're really, really good at hiding this kind of stuff, right? Um, because they're worried about freaking out. So she's like, what do I do? I'm like, well, don't freak out. Don't tell her parents yet, but I want you to go talk to her, right? Just go meet her up, go get some ice cream, and just talk to her. Um, that was probably one of the biggest like aha moments. Like I'd been talking about this, but getting that message the very first time I ever spoke at this little tiny church group, 14 girls uh, and a couple young women leaders, I was like, holy crap, this is a problem. Um, and so she told someone and then I got hit up to go do more of these little speeches, usually church stuff or like camps, you know, girls camps or youth grant conferences, stuff like that. And so I think I spoke like probably a hundred times just like, for a gift card or for like a high five, just like, Hey, come mm -hmm. on, please. You know, I went up to so many Heber Valley camps and like all these <laughs> places. So to get to know the counselors. Got to know them all. And then I just, you know, I'm the kind of person where when I hear how bad kids are struggling, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to let this keep going. Um, I look at these kids like they're my kids and that's how we need to, we need to get back to the village of every kid is your kid. That kid who's in your car that you're taking to soccer practice, he's your kid too, right? The, the basement full of stinky junior high boys that are eating all your fruit roll-ups, like that's your kid. And if you know, I mean, I could not believe how many parents like, I, I got a message from a lady. She said she went to Real Salt Lake game with some family friends. And the way she was sitting, one of their family friends, 13-year-old daughter, she could see what she was, and she was kind of hiding her phone and she was not, not paying attention to the game. She probably mm -hmm. didn't care about soccer. And she was texting someone on Snapchat. And she's like, I looked over his shoulder and she was messaging a boy and he was asking her to go send him a nude photo during the soccer game. And she's like, so I was, over, I was like, look, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm like, there's no way she's going to. And she saw her get up and leave to go to the bathroom, obviously to go send a, you know, take a picture real quick in a stall. And then she came back and she's like, I didn't say anything. I just, I couldn't believe this happened. I'm like, I, I didn't. And she's like, I'm kicking myself. I'm, and I'm just like, that would never have happened in the 80s and 90s, right? right? That parent would have grabbed that girl and shook her and be like, Daryl, your daughter, you know? Yeah. Now, of course, you wouldn't want to freak out like that, but like, I can't tell you how many times I've had parents be like, I saw this happen, or my, my, my daughter's told me about her friend is suicidal, and I don't know what to do. It's like, what do you think? Like, we have got to be villagers again, where we're caring about everyone like they're our own kids, in, in a way, because, and I, I do that because I want my neighbors, if they see my daughter struggling, or my son struggling, or something happen, to come tell me. And not be afraid or not, not worry about me putting a wall up saying, well, it's not, you know, that's the problem is like so many parents are emotionally still high schoolers and they, you know, you can't, they're freaked out. And you tell them like, 
hey, your daughter, I don't know if you know this, but she just posted this on her fake Instagram account. My daughter showed me and, and, and you know, what she's wearing and she's like vaping, you know, instead of parents usually being like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that. So many parents are now like, well, it's, it's probably your daughter did it or your son, or, you know, remember that time your boy asked my daughter? It's like, dude, calm down. Just say thank you for looking out for my kid when I wasn't there to look out for him. You know, we've got to, we've got to be good villagers again. And that means being able to put your walls and your knives and your swords down and say, okay, thank you. I, I had no idea. You know, this just happened the other day. We had a birthday party at a cousin's house and a neighbor kid who had a little brother came over and he had these swimsuits on and my 14 year old daughter was sitting next to me on a couch and the little boy was next to her and he's sitting there with his legs up and he pulled out his little wiener and he's like, Hey, look at this to me and my daughter. And he was like four. And I'm like, uh, no, we don't do that. And I, I was, and I was like, I need to go tell your mom. Do you want to go tell your mom? He said, cause that's not appropriate. And, and he's like, don't you dare tell my mom. He was like freaking out. He left. He started running away and she's like, where are you going? And I was like, you know, and my, and people, a lot of people at that point is be like, don't tell the mom. Like she's already freaking out. Like, don't, she just don't say anything. And I just went up to the mom. Like, Hey, this is what happened. This is what happened. It's, it's a little boy. But my worry is that like, obviously maybe this has happened to him. So just please talk to him. And the mom was great. She's like, thank you so much for telling me. Right. Um, so let's not be afraid to like help each other parents out. Right. Now, if I was like, your boy just flinged his little pee pee <laughs> at my kid and what is this? What are you teaching your kid? Right? How yeah. dare your kid? Like, don't do that. But let's be good villagers again. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm wondering as we kind of start to, to conclude everything, I'm wondering when you add, like, uh, you mean the, the mental health of some of these young kids, yeah. uh, and when you take that into consideration as to when, when they're dealing with some of this stuff, I'm wondering so now that you've been doing this for, for a little bit, is there, you mean, what is, um, because if if I'm if I'm a teenager and, yeah. and I go through this and I think about where where my mind is at and my mental health, imagine where that, would, what that do to you. Right, yeah. like I, I would feel like I'm broken even when I come and I tell mom and dad and and you mean once we take the necessary steps, yeah. I would just feel so uh, in the red, right? Like I'm never gonna be. Yeah. Uh, I'm that guy. I'm that girl. Yeah. I'm gonna struggle with this my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Um. Are. I don't know if it's appropriate to call it like a success story, but oh, you mean yeah. how does how does someone come out of how that? How they come back from that? Yeah. So I tell parents all the time, uh, and for any parent listening, um, if this happens to your kid, they're gonna be it's gonna be okay. They're gonna be fine. There's there's so many successful people that are living happy lives with happy, fulfilled relationships that were exploited when they were younger, you know, or were molested by a cousin, or sent nude photos, or were sex torted, or were raped, or were sexually abused. There's a lot of amazing adults who have been through that, who are thriving, right? It's, this is not the end all, right? And so kid, kids are so finite. I, one, of the, one, of the, one of the reasons why the suicide rates are so high for young people is because that mind, their mind is so you know, finite and they're so indifferent. When something bad happens, it's like, I just wanna die. They're not really thinking long-term. Um, they think that everything's a period, right? That's it, right? I sent nude photos to this boy. He's threatened to expose them, so I'm gonna go kill myself. Right, because I can't deal with this, because that's going to ruin my whole life, and and you got to help your kids see that life is a is not a period; it's just a comma, right? It's just a comma, especially right now with like Corona and kids like going to have to do school online or miss out on parties or you know dance recital, whatever it is. A lot of these kids are freaking out about it. They're, it's a hard time, you know, and that affects your mental health, especially as a teenager. I got a message today from a teenager who said she was going to kill herself. Because she just can't see her friends, right? And she's just fed up with it. She's fine with her family at home because Corona, they can't go anywhere. And so she's missing her friends. And she's like, I just want to die, right? They feel so finite. 
So help your kids realize that this is just a comma, right? If something bad happened to you, it's just a comma. It's just part of your story, right? Comma, then what are you going to do next, right? Yeah. Comma, then she overcame it. Comma, then she got help. Comma, then she went to therapy and, and succeeded. And uh, there's a lot. There's a, there's a girl uh, who's in um, West Jordan, uh, and I won't say who it is, um, but I've been helping her for like two years. Um, I went to spoke at her junior high or high school, and uh, she messaged me just like in tears how she's been self-harming, and she hides her cuts on her arms and so much issues with mental health, anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. And uh, just through messages, you know, I'd, you know, I'd reach out, help her when she'd ask for help or when she's struggling and gave her some advice, told her to get some help. And she did. And she was brave. And she told her mom what she was struggling with. And then she got into some therapy and uh, she just graduated. So this was, yeah, so she's probably, probably about a year and a half, two years. And, uh, and she'll mess me every once in a while and just be like, I would not be here if it wasn't for you. And I'm just like, if, you, if I look where I was two years ago, like suicidal, mental health hospital, like wanting to die. Now graduated high school, going off to college, happy as I've ever been, put my weight back on. You know, she's struggling with bodies, you know, body dysmorphia and eating disorders too. And she's just like, I, I, I can't even believe this. And I'm like, I, I hope you never, ever are afraid to tell your story, right? Those, those little scars on your wrist that you hide, those are your tiger stripes now, right? Don't be ashamed of what you had to go through to get to who you are. Every, and I tell that to kids at high school assembly, especially I say every amazing human being I met, I, I've, I've been able to meet and I've been able to meet some amazing people through this process. Um, and they tell me stories of just the most incredible stories of who they are as a human and the impact they have on this world or on their community. Uh, you know, started businesses or became super successful in this, that, or the other. Uh, I always ask them, I say, okay, so you became such an amazing adult now. Tell me the crap you had to go through when you were a kid that made you get this, you know, that got you here. And they always have a story. They always have some story of, well, when I was 12, I was abused, or when I was 10, my parents both died. Some kind of story that turned them into this amazing human. And I say that to the kids. I say, look, kids who have easy lives, who have no problems, turn into buttheads as adults. And we have a lot. We have, two, we have a surplus of buttheads <laughs> right now. And if you don't believe me, just go on Facebook right now. <laughs> go on Facebook and comment Black Lives Matter and just see how many buttheads we have, right? Yeah. What? All lives matter. All chickens matter. All fish matter. It's like, no. We have way too many uh, people who never went through anything, and so they feel like everything's an oppression to them. I have a mask right here, and you know, people, I won't wear a mask. Like, come on. Like, your life was that easy that, like, putting this on is the worst thing ever. So, you know, we, I tell kids, I'm like, you know, kids who have hard lives turn into amazing people, right? Now, people who have easy lives can be amazing too, but most of the people I meet who are incredible adults went through crap. Yeah. So let that be part of your story, right? Don't give up because the best part is yet to come. And all the amazing stuff after the comma that's going to be the best part is going to be because of and not in spite. It's going to be because of the fact you went through this. Right? So your boyfriend broke up with you and he put on Snapchat and it sucks for a couple of days. But guess what? You'll get over it. Yeah. And then you'll be stronger. And then you'll be able to be tougher with the next boyfriend. Right? Yeah. And not put up with the crap or whatever. You know, you went through this and you were depressed and you attempted suicide and you survived. You have a story to tell, sis. Like, oh, Tell people, help them. Yeah. A girl messaged me yesterday saying she was writing her suicide letter. And then I talked to her for a while, uh, just through messaging, right? I was like, come on, tell me what's going on. I just listen, uh, and, you know, and acknowledge and empathize. And she told me how it all started. Her anxiety, depression started from, from a concussion playing soccer when she was 14, which led her on this path and led to this. And I talked to a lot of pe uh, people, a lot of high schoolers, that because we put them in so many, ath everything's athletics now. 
who because of sports injuries and concussions have led to mental health problems. And just talking to her and saying, you have no, you know what? Why, why do you want to give up right now? You need to tell your story. She just graduated high school. She's going to BYU-Idaho. She's going to go live up there. And she wanted to die yesterday. And now she's going to come tell her story to help others. Um, she's like, this is the best thing ever. I didn't even think about, like, I could tell this story to help other people. Yeah. And so. Well, that's awesome. I, I'll, I'll wrap up with this question. I, and I asked this question at the end of, of all the interviews that we've done. Yes. And uh, when it's when you consider everything, right? Uh, even, even I know you grew up, uh, we, we had... Um, talked earlier on, on your podcast, you grew up in Arizona yeah. and, um, and you're here now. And then even your journey to, I moved here in ninth grade. So I went to Tim view, uh, but moved here in ninth grade, uh, when, and then moved to Provo, but yeah, I grew yeah. Up in Arizona. Yep. so when you consider your life journey, but especially you mean these, these last few years where you've, um, kind of focused in on, on helping, helping the kids and, and the younger generation, and you consider the ups and the downs, uh, what are you most grateful for in, in that whole process? Uh, my wife, obviously. Um, she is the unsung hero behind all this. I mean, I was there, there was points where I was speaking like 30 times in a week where I was on the road. I'd go to a city and I would do five, six school assemblies and then I would do a two-hour parent night and I'd go to the next city and I'd do five assemblies and the two-hour parent night in the next city and uh, she was at home uh, watching the kids, taking care of the kids, making it possible for me to do this. And there was uh, some of my favorite times are when I would go to a city and the moms who got me there would have a basket or like a gift for my wife. And I'd, I'd peek at the card, you know, and it was always like, just thank you for what you're doing. So Colin can go out there. Um, this message is not my message. Uh, I really feel like this is something that's, uh, is inspired and it's not my voice, but I know I can get people's attention. And so the people who have made it possible, my wife, number one, for me to be able to go and share it, to go help. Every time I speak somewhere, the kids are like, you literally just saved my life. I was going to kill myself today. And what you said changed it, saved it. I'm, I'm, I have reasons to keep going. And that happens every day. So the people who are out there, there's so many good people that really, really care. I know this sounds so much like, I sound so negative, like Debbie Downer, like, oh, the sky is falling. Parents, I, I know parents do really care about their kids. Um, and a lot of them are just stuck. They don't know what to do, right? Um, but there's a lot of really good people out there, especially in our state, who have made this all possible, who have worked to help me get my message on their stage or in their church or on their, in their school or in their community that have helped so many families um, so I'm really grateful for those people. Um, when you have a message that people really care about, people will come out of the woodwork to help you. And in just the coolest ways, people will come out and offer money to help you get places or to help build out foundations or to help whatever. And, uh, and there, and I have a little army and they're all moms, most of them, uh, who are around the country who have helped, you know, get this message there. So I'm really grateful for them. Um, and for the people who really do care. And I'm really grateful for the parents who are, who are fighting uphill. There's a lot of parents who are like, you know what? I was, I felt like I was the minority. I felt like I was the one, I was the mean mom or the mean dad who actually, you know, we didn't give our daughter a phone when she's 12 and all of her friends have it. And like, I felt so bad, but after you spoke and now my friends are here, like, they're all like, you know, validating me and how I did things. So thank you for bringing this up. Cause I, I was just like, what are we doing? Like, so I'm grateful for all the parents out there that are doing they're, they're putting their kids above everything else 
putting their kids above being the cool parent, putting their kids above, you know, getting shout outs on Facebook by, you know, their friends and, you know, looking like a cool mom in front of their friend groups and things like that. I'm grateful to parents who are having those battles with their kids because they're trying to keep them safe and feeling like crap sometimes for it. So many pop, you know, parents when they're, you know, they're in tears after like my 15 year old son hates my guts. And I'm like, well, most 15 year old sons do, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. And she's, I'm like, why? She's like, because I still won't let him get a smartphone or I won't let him have Snapchat. And she's like, and I know that eventually he's going to thank me, you know, when he's older, but right now it's really, really hard. And so I'm really, really thankful for those parents who are doing hard things to make sure the kids are safe. Well, Colin Kutchner, man, thank you for coming on our show. Thanks for having me.